Hey guys, it's Andrea, and welcome to the new season of Trekkie and Beyond. We are now exploring some strange new worlds. Are you excited? Because we are. So stick around and enjoy. Two of Strange New World Season 2. Um, this episode, I'm going to butcher the name, I do apologize, was amazing, and it is called Ad Astra Per Aspera totally said that wrong, but you guys know what it is. Um, and in this episode, we get our long-awaited results of number one, ha- having to do her um, court-martial, along with a possible imprisonment and a dishonorable dismissal from Starfleet, all because she hid who she was on her application. And then we got, we get to meet an old friend of hers, who's also an Illyrian, who's a lawyer, who's a badass, from her childhood, and how her argument opens up a world within Starfleet that, you know, maybe didn't think of. So let's go ahead and talk about it. Monika, what are your initial thoughts? So I love that the underlined message, the courtroom uniforms were on point. And as you stated, the lawyer is amazing. I'm looking forward to talking about her more, um, especially her blue suits. Those were power suits. Love them, love them, love them. However, the first time I watched this, I have to admit, I fell asleep because I felt like it was more Law and Order meets Star Trek. <laughs> and it didn't have as much action and drama. There was so much drama. Uh, I'm sorry, your initial reactions, Mom, Andrea. But the second right. time through, it grew on me a whole lot more. And also, I really like Adventures to Strange New Worlds, and it didn't really have that for me because I saw Pike venture to the Illyrian planet in the nebula um, in episode one, which they like cut out and moved over here. So it wasn't like new shocking stuff. So I miss the Adventures to a Strange New Planet, but I really appreciate the courtroom scene and some closer to Yuna's case. What about you? What did you think about the episode? I loved this episode. I actually went in um, thinking I was going to hate this episode. I was just like, oh God, is this going to be boring? Like, I don't know, like, what's going to happen? Am I going to feel things? I don't want to feel things. Um, I have a lady crush on this lawyer. I was just like, from the moment she was visible on my screen, I was like, oh, I'm going to like this episode. Because I love the way that she carried herself. I love the, the sureness about her. I love just how... She ran the room. No one ran it. If she was in the room, she was the focus. Um, I loved everything about this episode. I loved, um, I love a long con. And this episode reminded me of this movie from like a, a couple years old. Um, but like, I love a long con where like at the end, you start seeing how the person put all the pieces together in the very beginning and how everything fits in like the final scene. You're just like, oh, so like you weren't just like throwing her under the bus you had a whole plan and the plan like fell into place and i love those movies i love those tv shows and so i literally not not like figuratively literally jumped up when like when it all clicked into place i was like that's my girl i have a girl crush now people on a fictional character so you know i'm joining the masses Um, but basically, as we stated, this episode is about Una's history. It's about her, we see glimpses of her childhood. We hear uh, glimpses of her childhood. We hear how she grew up. And then we also get to hear 
some people's thoughts about her, some people's um, misguided thoughts, and sometimes, uh, what's the word? Um, how sometimes the laws, just because there are laws doesn't mean that they're right, doesn't mean that they're just. And this episode was opening Starfleet's mind. For me, this is like an episode I love because it was a much better legal version than the one we saw on Discovery. Sorry, I'm so sorry. But this one was a episode that just, um, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, that showcased from beginning to end, we're Starfleet, but we can always grow and learn. Um, because as I stated earlier, it starts off with Una's uh, childhood, then it cuts to um, different people on the Discovery talking about pros and cons of what's happening. We are trying to figure out what La'an is trying to do with Neo, um, with uh, Ohura. We're trying to figure out what's Pike's motive. Do we still trust this Admiral? Um, there's a lot of power plays and political backtalk in this episode as well. Um, and in the end, after everything is discussed, as we'll go into further as we do our deeper dive into our favorite parts of this episode, um, number one is let off. She is found not guilty. And I cannot wait to discuss how that part came about. So let's go into our deeper dives. Monica, what was your favorite? What's the first thing you want to speak about about this episode? Well, the actress that played the lawyer, Nira Katol, um, her name is... Uh, I've been pronouncing this, practicing this, so hopefully I get this right. Uh, Yeti Devadaki. And she is amazing. I first saw her in, um, oh my goodness. Um, I, and I've just blinked on it. Something of the gods. <laughs> um, but American she gods? Sorry? American gods? Yes. Thank you. Oh my goodness. I, and um it was on the tip of my tongue thank you so she was an american gods and i know that she's also really on this big quest to become the next storm in um marvel and um oh so, she can do it yes she can do it <laughs> she's also one of the first actresses in strange new worlds that i've seen here that i wanted to instantly follow on instagram like her her presence, as you stated, her acting, like I want more of her. I don't know how they can circle, bring her character back more for more adventures with the Illyrians, but I want to know more. I want to know about her childhood with Yuna and um, I'm captivated by her. And once again, her power, her power suits were just amazing to me. The stitching on it, the dramatic like flair, it was still feminine, but like powerful. And uh, it said, look at me, not because I'm hot, because I am, but because I'm in charge. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> so what did you think of the, about her and the, the way she also commanded, um, I guess, the a Vulcan admiral and everything else? So... When I say I have a lady crush, like this woman is going to be my fictional wife. Like, <laughs> because one, I loved her assistant. I love that her assistant didn't give in until like literally Pike had to seriously like just sort of manipulate them to let her in. She was not going to just see him just because Una, Una needed her help. Um, we also know that she has a hatred of Starfleet and 
what I also like about her is that she wasn't just thinking about Una when she took this case, which outside looking in, it could almost seem somewhat selfish to take this case as a stepping stone or as a platform. But as someone who is like a person of color, for her to do what she was doing, and it's for, so let me rephrase. For me, as a person of color, watching another person of color take something and use it for the betterment of everyone and not just oneself, um, this episode was eye-opening in a way that sometimes we see how people are made examples of, and sometimes you got to use those examples to speak a, a better, a higher truth. Um, this was a chance for all Illyrians to possibly given a free, like to stop being exiled from Starfleet. And... I like that she sort of had to force Una to understand this is bigger than you. Like you may think you're one of them and you want to be a part of them, but you're not. And they're they're telling you to your face, you're not one of them. So why should I not use this? Why should she not use this time to try and make a better world for all Illyrians, not just one Illyrian? And if I'm saying the name of the planet wrong, I do apologize, people. Um, but just, you know, pray for me. Um, and so I really liked that her focus wasn't just on we're going i'm going to save my friend it was on starfleet this may be a law but there's so many other things that were laws that were also unjust slavery slavery was legal apartheid was legal um discriminating on a race gender a religion was legal um and that's like in her opening statement so she's like yeah you're right not everything that was done in the past uh was right just even though it was legal so i loved her for that for the fact that she was like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be small on this one i'm gonna work to get you off but at the same time i'm gonna work to make this a better world for everyone not just you and i love that that was her mindset because initial thought was oh that's selfish but at the same time like actually it's not like una you got to be in starfleet but how many more little girls want to be in starfleet this is bigger than just you. Like at this point, I'm sorry, Una, you may not want to, but you're speaking for your people. So you gotta, <laughs> you gotta play the game. <laughs> right. This is a true civil rights case here. Yes. And then it helped to make the connection about future for future Star Trek episodes that take place. We've already seen in Deep Space Nine and others in which there's other uses of augment technology and um and and it tests but in this case um yuna had i think subconsciously had had laid the groundwork so that she could um she could apply and get amnesty um and the funny thing is is that she didn't know that was a plan for, for right she didn't know that was her lawyer's plan and i love i love that the lawyer i love that her lawyer played her um, uh, Nira, I love that Nira played Una to get the outcome that was best for Una. Right. Um, <laughs> she was, she was the smartest one in the room and they didn't even know it. <laughs> yes. It's disappointing. I can imagine for a lawyer when your client doesn't give you all the information because you're not going to share that information earlier, but it helps with the story for sure to unveil that. But thing is, I think she knew the story. So yes, to your point, when you, clients don't tell the lawyers everything, that does suck. But for her, I think they were childhood friends. I think she knew, at least from her, from her, 
I feel like she knew there was a story. She may not have known exactly what the length or the extent of all Uno went through, but from the way they acted around each other, I felt like they both had, she had something similar, so she knew Una must have something similar. Yes, Does that make but, sense? Yes, but she didn't tell her lawyer that she yeah. ratted herself out, that mm. she told yeah. the Federation. <laughs> and that just goes to show how much, how predictable Una is, that her lawyer, who her friend, Nira, who hadn't seen her in years, knew she was the one who did it. Right. I love that. Yeah. Smartest person in the room. Don't ask questions you don't know the answers to, people. <laughs> By the way, I really appreciate the fact that Pike went and found a new attorney because the attorney that Starfleet assigned to her was not an advocate. He was totally on Starfleet's side. Okay, because like, first of all, first of all, I was going to talk about that too. So I'm glad you brought that up because while that deal did seem on paper um, a good deal, but it was still a disparaging thing on her record and they were going to seal it, which means they were trying to hide it. And then they just wanted her to like, you know, go away quietly. And regardless of the fact that that sounds good, or that's going to be the best deal you're going to get. You don't tell your client to take it like really in front of, in front of the person who's like offering it. The fact that the guy was like looking at his boss, like he was scared of acts like, this is why in a court system, the person who's defending you cannot be working for the person who's prosecuting you. Right. It just does not work because he's literally work. His like, she was his boss. The other lawyer was like, looked like she was his boss. And Una was like, um, shouldn't we table this this conversation for you know when we're alone? Because her lawyer was like, yeah, you should take the time. We're not going to get offered anything better than this. Yeah, you don't just throw away your hand, dude. Right. And let's face it, too. Captain Patel, the attorney up for the Federation, is connected to this. And you don't quite know how independent she is because she has a an affectionate relationship with Captain Pike. <laughs> so you just don't know. It's better to have like a sidebar conversation, work it out with your attorney, and then, and then return. Little does she know when they returned back to the trial, ooh, they wanted her to serve prison time if she lost the case. 20 years for in a federal uh, federation penal colony, a dishonorable discharge, and two counts of sedition. And I just, like, again, like I said earlier, um, sometimes you're made they use someone as an example as you know what we we're going to go really really hard on this person to basically warn anyone else from doing this again and they're ignoring they're ignoring her years of service and it's like a funny story like how you mentioned earlier that it's like a civil rights case she thought she was privileged enough that her record would speak for itself that she didn't have to really prove anything and she did and it's like goes to show like sometimes people think, oh, well, I've never done anything wrong and I've been such a good employee that, or I've been such a good um, citizen that, okay, this is my first offense. They don't care. They do not care. <laughs> You're absolutely right. She served for 25 years as part of the Federation. She was, uh, she received several awards. She was like mentored by admirals. 
Mm -hmm. and I uh, have worked up to the second in command of the enterprise, like a big ship. And, um, and, but it seemed as though the Federation wanted to use her case as like a firm no, and like a model for future cases. But you have to look at the situation. And that's what her lawyer pointed out. Because they look at the situation all the time when they break prime director rules. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to take a quick break. Because when we come back, we're going to discuss Admiral April and how his relationship with the Enterprise will never be the same after this case. And then also, there's another Admiral out there that Spock does not like. And what is his reasoning for wanting this case? And like you said, I think they're using this case as a way to go come after the Enterprise. So don't go anywhere because we will be right back. Hi, it's Monika. Like you, I love sci-fi, first contact, military action stories. So I have a book recommendation for you. Check out the Ancient Illumination Space Opera, which takes place right here in the Milky Way. The series starts with beings of light who came to Earth 68,000 years ago to teach mankind. Man mutates into various races who fight about their differences. There are stone warriors, walking jewels, descendants of Atlantis, and many more. The mutants band together to find the ancient being of light and the journey leads to a galactic civil war. Who leads this crusade? How does the war end? What were the concessions? All these questions and more are answered in the Ancient Illumination series available where all great books are sold and ancientillumination.net. Check it out. Part two of episode two of season two. That's deuces all around. <laughs> so on this half, we're going to talk about Admiral April. And I'm not going to lie, this man in the first ep episode one and all the previous times I've seen him, I was like a ride or die for him. And now, not so much. Because he showed that he was a company man. And that's not necessarily always a bad thing. But sometimes if I know you won't have my back, you only have my back up to a certain point, I can't ride or die for you anymore. Because that means you're not going to ride or die for me. And this came to a head when he was being interviewed by Nira. And it came out that the reason Una is on trial, quote unquote, uh, to go back or, or quick, you know, it's because she lied on her form and said and did not disclose that she was Illyrian. Um, and she broke the law. She broke the rule. And so Nira's like, but haven't you broken the rule before? Haven't you broken the prime directive multiple times when it suited you? And for each one, he had an excuse of it was different for that. It was um, because of X, Y, and Z or because of this or because of that. Um, there was always a reason for why he was able to break the rules and it was okay. But now that Una's breaking a rule, it's not okay. This even can even be said from episode one, Spock broke a rule, a huge rule. And he was quote unquote, okay. So it's very telling um, because we see that it gets under Admiral April's, um, under, under his skin. And he straight up says, you know what? If I had known she was Illyrian when she applied, I would not have approved her. And 
later when he's talking to Pike and he's like, you got that lawyer. And Pike's like, yes. And we could tell the Admiral, the Admiral is upset. But when Pike offers him the drink, he just sort of walks out. He was like, you know, it's a sad thing that they won't get to hear about how she saved lives um, on this mission. And I was looking forward to telling that. And they'll never know now. But they will know because they have a record. They do know. It was like Admiral, like you are being a company man who wants to be upset that it was shown that it was shown you, where your loyalties really lie when it comes down to it. Because you could have said um, at that time, would I have a would I have said yes? No. Now knowing what I know now, or like my my mind has been broadened, I would have I would have approved her, or I would have fought for her to to join. And so essentially the lawyer was right. The reason Una's here is because you're racially profiling her. <laughs> and I have to say, there is some type of like weird nuance, quasi something, I can't think of the right word, where it's two black people racially discriminating against a white person. <laughs> and like on this on this scale, on this scale, like it it was. I felt like they did that on purpose. They set it up that way on purpose because there's no way they did not know how this episode felt, how it read, how it came across. And so it's like, oh, interesting. You're opening the doors for this kind of conversation in this way. Interesting. Um, but what did you think of Admiral April? Do you think he put his foot in it or do you think he was doing the right thing? I think he was taking it personal. Uh, the line of questioning from the lawyer. Mm -hmm. But the lawyer... She was just doing her job. Mm -hmm. And like any good lawyer, if anyone, if you want a lawyer, you want a lawyer who will, by any means necessary, help you win your case. Find a technicality. Who's <laughs> gonna fight for you. Yes, fight for you. Be your number one advocate. And time and time again, as you stated, Starfleet bends the rules, looks the other way, depending on the outcome of the situation. If it's in their favor, oh, it's good to go. If it's not in their favor, oh, someone's accountable. And mm -hmm. it's time for them to really decide that, but it's hard. I don't think that they will. I think it's part of many organizations, big organizations to have a level of hmm, uh, uh, a gray area so that they can kind of wiggle around um, but once again, I think he took it too personal. And he's taking it personal against Pike and against Una. And he has to know this has changed the way they view him now. Like everyone on the Enterprise, because we find out the Enterprise used to be his ship. So it's like we know he has a connection to it outside of Pike and um, Una. Um, and he sort of Regardless of the lawyer's intention, he's the one who threw away his relationship. Right. He's the one who basically said, I understand why you did what you did. And instead of like growing up and just saying, I get why you did what you did, he's going to take it um, personal and walk out on Pike like that. And I think, I think we're going to see this tension come down the road a little bit more. Um, I think... I, I do believe he's going to need a come to Jesus moment and he's going to have to like, I think, ask for Una's forgiveness. I do want that in some way, shape or form. And you know, Una's going to just give it no matter what. But I want him to address the fact that 
when push came to shove, you basically just said it didn't matter all the good she did on the stand. You were going to deny her anyway. So that negates what you said in Pike's office about how no one's going to hear her record anyway. Like now, because he's been, his whole um, his whole testimony has been scratched from the record. So yeah, the tension <laughs> I thought would, would occur in the storyline would have been between Captain Patel and Captain Pike. I thought because of their personal relationship, there could have been a rift in their professional relationship and their personal relationship. But they were both able to keep their uh, to keep it kind of separate. And even though they they talked over drinks um, and did this kind of role play, they didn't both seem to like I don't know take it to heart uh, because in the end you could see the two of them next to each other. So. And I have to say, she was smart. Captain Patel was uh, um, very smart in how she questioned Pike over dinner. Yeah. Um, Because Pike is a Boy Scout. He has a good, his intentions are good. And that story that he told her led right into the question that would be his entire undoing. And it's like, he didn't answer, but Patel knew the answer. She knew the answer and was like, this is why you can't. This is why you have to let other people do the talking. You can't go up there because you're going to say something that's going to reveal that you knew. But um, I thought I wasn't going to like her. She's growing on me. We're team her and Tapring. Love it. <laughs> oh, I'm a hopeless romantic now, apparently now for relationships that will not make it. So oh, I said for relationships that will not make it. I guess I like to be hurt. Uh, <laughs> But going to the meat of this episode, the my favorite part of this episode, um, which was the ending, for the fact all the pieces came connected. And so to get to that part, we had to hear Una's story. We had to hear how, one, uh, we had Nira, the lawyer, tell everyone it's not her fault that she's Illyrian. It's not her fault that she was augmented. She was augmented before she was born. So you cannot punish someone for a decision they never made for themselves. So one, she's, I like that she pointed that out in court and it's on the record. You're punishing these people for something, or you're punishing her in particular for something she had no control over. Um, two, it's mentioned between her conversation with Pike um, back, on her, back in her office that Starfleet knows what will happen to Illyrians if they try to take away their augmentation. So they know, like Starfleet knows what will happen. So like they know Illyrians have no choice but to remain augmented. Whether or not the next generation is or is not, does not negate that the people who are alive cannot change that fact about them or they will die horrific deaths. <laughs> um. And so all that to say, going into Una's um, testimony, we hear her talk about how when she broke her leg, which is a flashback back to the opening scene, that her parents could not take her to a normal hospital because they would run her DNA and get her genetics. We see that that this little girl was suffering with a broken leg because she was not able to get medical treatment because of who she was. We hear, and that had a tug on heartstrings. That had a tug on heartstrings. We hear about how a 10-year-old and his parents were arrested. A 10-year-old was arrested for being something he had no control over. He was a child. 
And that was someone that Una knew. Um, how she tried to break up a fight, how things got so bad, how she felt so unsafe that they separated the city. And for some reason, her family wanted to stay with the non-Illyrians. And that has to go to show there is some internalized conflict that we even see Nira speak to La'an about it, that it's not your fault that you feel this way. Other people have made you hate yourself and now you just think you should. But no, be strong in who you are, in who you are. Um, and then at the very end, they ask Una the question, "Did your captain know?" And that was from the Vulcan admiral, who Spock doesn't like. And if Spock don't like you, I don't like you. I do not care. There is no coming back from that. The moment he was like, "Oh, I just he just rubs me the wrong way. I don't like him." We don't like him either, Spock. On your side, no matter what, except for Tapring. We're team Tapring, um, or me at least. Um, and she has to, Una has to admit that yes, Captain Pike knew. And again, pieces falling into place because we get the lawyer with the, uh, Starfleet's own code of seeking asylum, asylum. And then the story that, and the questions and the story that she had Una tell checked every single one of those boxes and how the Admiral of, um, this, this, uh, Vulcan Admiral played into her plan and got her to speak to her um, her captain about it. And when that all clicked, I was like, oh, yes. This is why my girl, this is why I have a girl crush on her. Because I had my crush before she started. I will say that. I was like, oh. I mean, before the ending happened. I was like, oh, I like you. What did you think when everything was coming together? And you could see Captain uh, Patel um, understanding where she was going with it because you saw her smirk. What did you think of all of that? Oh, so I reconnected with the story because the first time I fell asleep, but I reconnected once I learned that during this court trial that we would learn more about Katol's backstory and Yuna's backstory. Mm -hmm. And I think the lawyer Katol, I think her brother was the boy that was cousin. uh, Yes, because they have the same last name. I'm assuming, but it could be just a kin, but they have the same last name. And I could see by the facial reactions of the lawyer that she was like, she was then more vested into the story and she was Mm -hmm. asking more questions. And so I appreciate the fact that we were able to get this kind of unraveling of the characters, like the way they separated Mm-hmm. Um, as friends and then and now returning together. So I kind of like that without necessarily um, a lot of scenes, a lot of flashbacks, a lot of um, other types of storytelling. So I thought that was cool. Um, the Admiral, um, fr- the Vulcan Admiral, oh, he was um, very logical. And I didn't like when he put his hand on Captain Fratell's uh, shoulder to, uh, I guess, usher, encourage her to uh, object and like other ways in which he kind of trumped her. That was like a power thing. I felt like that was a microaggression. So (laughs) didn't like that. But you you see that in lots of leadership roles, right? Mm -hmm. And he wanted to win this case. He is adamant that he needs to draw these certain lines and uh, he wanted to take over the case and he made it physically so because he then stepped in to take over. 
Um, I definitely think, so I feel like the lawyer won that admiral over, and this could be just me. I felt like she won him over with the logic that she said from that, from that, um, subsection before that i feel like the admiral hated her even now i still feel like the admiral hated her but um, i feel logically he was like crap her argument her argument is sound i have nothing i can do anymore so it's more of a, a i respect the game but i don't like that i lost <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point because it does literally check all the boxes right yeah i appreciate it also in that scene the fact that she, that leanne gave her a book so it shows that physical books persist into the 23rd century. And like she was able to open up the book and ask the other side to read it. Once again, that's like a scene from Law and Order. But I thought that that was classic. Like, okay, you're going to read this evidence back to me. And then we're going to check all these boxes together. <laughs> I just, I really, really, really like this episode like more than I honestly thought I was going to. And I, um, I have to say, I think it's setting up some things for the future. And I think we're going to see this lawyer again. I think we're going to um, see her because like Pike mentioned, there were other cases she had uh, and this was going to put her on the map. And I think there's going to be other Illyrians who problem, who might use this as a way of getting um, asylum and keeping their jobs. And I have to say, I really liked at the very end when Una came back onto the bridge and they called her number uh, number ones on deck. And as her lawyer was leaving, she got a standing ovation from the people she despised. And you could see that it like sort of, it was starting to change her mind. And you have to see how touched she was as she got an ovation. Because, like, normally you see the person who is let out. Everyone gets those hugs. It's like, thank you. I'm so happy you're here. She, uh, I was expecting the claps to be for only Una, you know? Because she's the one who's back onto the ship. But they saved all of their um, praise and applause for her lawyer. And yeah, I really well, like that. Enterprise is all about teamwork. And without the lawyer... Una would still be in, she could be in the penal colony with that other attorney. So, <laughs> so it, it took a We don't team. talk about that attorney no more. <laughs> right. Hey, Pike sacrificed himself. What if, you know, he had, he needed oxygen. He was on like the last 1%. Mm -hmm. So it, they all came together to help make this happen. Leon, everybody to help close this and, um, and I, I also like you, I like that scene at the end and also Pike like hugging her really strong and then hitting her shoulder like buds <laughs> like, and then walking away. That was sweet. Very sweet. Um, any final thoughts before we end this episode? Yes. And it's back to something that I mentioned in the last episode and then at the very beginning of this episode. So typically there's an A story and a B story. And this episode didn't really have a B story. Mm -hmm. So it followed the court case throughout, which made it a little slow. If there was a time in which, for, I was, <laughs> for me, for me, of course, I'm, I'm talking about me. Okay. So if the first, if last, if somehow they better balanced it, 
so that there was another activity that we could also that had some more action, I it would have better balance for me. And that's, I think that may have been the reason why like Pike's introduction to the attorney occurred last week in which there was an A and a B story. But then they scratched that and I know I need to move on mentally. It's just that that's what was my first impression of the series. And I, I really like the when they have two stories going on together and then they kind of like unite at the end and then there's an overarching. So um, I, I agree with you. I think we're going to see more about the um, augmentations um, mm -hmm. and perhaps um, Nurse Chapel and Mabanga, Dr. Mabanga, I think they took an augmentation, they took some sort of steroids um some sort of special green juice to make them even more powerful whether that's considered in texas box or not uh, for augmentation we'll find out but leanne is definitely augmented as part of her genes from the Khan family so we'll see how that also comes into play here and she's also like overcoming the uh the the darkness of her ancestors so looking forward to see that hopefully we'll see the gorns again and the klingons I do have one final thought, and um, I I don't know how to say it, and I hope it comes off, I hope it doesn't come off wrong. Um, I think this episode, going back to how you mentioned this episode was like a civil rights um, episode, it's very interesting that Una's character was so obsessed with being in Starfleet that like she erased exactly everything who she was. And we see that in society sometimes where people are so obsessed with being a part of the 1% or being part of some other culture or being a part of some other organization that they sort of like redo everything about themselves to fit in. And I like that they're almost calling that out in this episode. Um, maybe, maybe it was just me um, who got it, who saw it like that, but her, I feel, I, I guess I really connected to her like single focus of like, they should have saw my years of service and been said I was okay with it. And Nira being the one saying, you're still Illyrian, honey. It don't matter what you do for them. They're still going to see you as what you are. And I just really felt that like line throughout this episode. And it took, I don't even know if Una really fully understood at the end, that she still wasn't really considered, like, the rest of Starfleet, not the Enterprise, but the rest of Starfleet will consider her just Illyrian. And I don't know if that theme has hit her, or if, that's, if I'm just saying it. But I think um, this is going to turn into something bigger, to where I think Una's going to have to come to terms with this okay with being Illyrian, and not to not to tamp that part of herself down to fit in with everyone else. Um, that it's okay to be proud of who you are, regardless of what anyone else thinks. And I um, I think that's a theme that she's gonna have a hard time coming coming to terms with. I know Laon is starting to do that, but that's not, that, that was one, that's just something that really sat, through, sat with me throughout this entire episode. Um, was you have people from the same culture, one who's like embraced who exactly who she is and is proud of being Illyrian and someone who's just like, I may be Illyrian, but that doesn't mean, but I'm also a really good Starfleet person. Don't just think of me as Illyrian. No, think of me as Illyrian and a Starfleet person. Like, so that was a, 
that's my final thought. If that makes if that didn't make sense to you guys, I apologize. If it made sense to you, we're it, here. It did because there's a lot of uh, I shouldn't say a lot. There are individuals out there that ignore their not that don't no that. It's hard to say, isn't it? Like it's yes, hard to explain the correct. Project their identity to hide their identity so that they can fit in and live whatever the normal life Even is. Or, and, yes. And we should all be able to be just who we are. Yeah. 24 7. So, your statement, though, reminded me of one other thing, and it's mm -hmm. really a connection to the other people in the crew. And I felt as though the folks that were watching the trial was limited to like the bridge crew and the main characters. And I wish there was other people because I know that as a first officer, you would have connected. She would have connected with other people on the ship. Mm -hmm. um, so I wish there was other people that could have even given her an applause when she returned to the ship or were able to watch the case. And especially with civil rights cases, I know that there's right now, whenever there's a civil rights case, we, we binge watch it. We watch it on um, streaming, on television. And I think it's, it would be in everyone's mindset. So it would be hard to focus on work when you're number one could possibly go to jail for 20 years, right? So um, I'm hoping they'll deal more with this lower upper decks and lower deck situation when lower decks unites with Strange New Worlds. I'm so excited for that. I want to see live action Boimler. So like at first I was really apprehensive about it, but like I want to see Boimler in my group. I want to see how Jack Quaid act as Boimler in real life. I'm just, I just need to see it. <laughs> For an entire episode, I need to have be, I need him to be this flailing, hyperactive, type A person in real life. I need to see it. <laughs> um, but I think that is the end of this episode. Thank you guys for listening. Um, and as always, I'm Andrea. And I'm Anika. And live long, live long and prosper. And prosper. Hey guys, it's Andrea. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Trekkie and Beyond. If you enjoyed that episode, feel free to subscribe by pressing that small little follow button. And if you feel so inclined to support, well, that's even better. And as always, live long and prosper. Thank you.